Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again today. What a blessing it is for us to be able to gather here each day, open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more. Think about how His teachings apply to our lives and how we should make the application to our lives on a personal basis. It's a real blessing that we have God's Word, that we have such ready access to it, and it is a great blessing that through the medium of radio we can come together and study each day. We're so thankful to have you as one of our listeners on Search the Scriptures, and if you're listening for the very first time, we're thankful in a special way for you, and our prayer is that as you listen from day to day, you'll quickly come to realize that we do exactly as the name of the program suggests. We dig deep into God's Word. We look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your everyday life. We want to help you come to God for forgiveness and salvation, eternal life through Jesus Christ. As you repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ openly, and surrender to Him in baptism for the remission of your sins. Our prayers are with you, our prayers are for you, and we really do pray for you. What a great time for us to come to open up our eyes, to stop and think about where we are right now. At the end of the program, I'll give you the information by which you can contact us. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready so you can jot down that information And then contact us and ask for the free Bible class, uh, I'm sorry, the free Bible study that we always offer and send out through the regular mail. You can also receive a copy of today's program for free on CD. And in both cases, we take care of the postage. So don't let the cost of a stamp hold you back or hinder you from asking for these free materials. They can help you literally change your life for the better and ultimately get to heaven. I'd like to also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. You can click on the articles button at the top of the home page and you can download all kinds of articles that are spiritually and biblically related And you can just kind of peruse through those and pull out anyone that might interest you, might help you in your your personal life. You can download that and read it for free. You can also go to our Listen button, and you can download sermon after sermon after sermon and listen to those. Or you can download any of the podcasts, and there are a great many of those that are listed there, and listen to those for free. They can help you again refocus your life and get through this time in an extra productive way. And again, it's all free. Hope you'll do that. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready, and you can jot down that information. Again, our website is churchofchrist.com. Now let's get back into our study we've been looking at for the last few days. It's time to stop running from God. Jesus gave us the great invitation in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, when he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, obviously, Jesus was not talking about a good night's sleep or maybe relaxation during the afternoon of a hard day. He's talking about spiritual rest and ultimately eternal rest with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit in heaven. A heavenly home, eternal life, that's what he's really ultimately pointing us to. But you see, he says, come to me for that rest. The only way to God is through Jesus. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we must come to God his way, and that is through Jesus. And again, Jesus' gospel message of salvation is that we recognize him and own him and confess him as the Savior, repent of our sins, and surrender to him in baptism for the remission of our sins so that we can be saved and have eternal life and then live faithfully unto death, Revelation 2 and verse 10. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me, Matthew 12 and verse 30. So you see, it's an either-or proposition. We either come to Jesus or we're walking away from Jesus. We're either living with him and in him, or we're walking with the devil. Now, there's no third choice. There's no middle of the road. There's no realm of non-commitment. To not make the commitment to follow Jesus, to come to him at this time, is to make the commitment to not follow him, to not come to him at this time. Felix was a man of great authority. He was a Roman governor over the area where the Apostle Paul was being held prisoner in Caesarea. And Felix called for Paul, and he wanted to hear him speak. Felix knew something about Christianity. We're not told how much detail he really had been privy to, but he knew something about it, and he wanted to hear from Paul. And so while Paul was still a prisoner, he spoke to, he taught, Felix and his wife, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the scripture text in Acts chapter 24, verses 24 and 25, tells us that Paul taught Felix about self-control and righteousness and judgment to come. And these teachings, these points of doctrine from the scriptures, they bothered Felix. It says he became afraid and he sent Paul away. And told Paul, when I find a more convenient time, I'll call for you. But while we understand from the further text that he did listen to Paul a number of times thereafter, we never read that he found that convenient time to obey God, to really implement that gospel message into his life and become a Christian. Felix sent Paul away. Felix tried to run from God. You see, when people hear the truth and it convicts them of their sinfulness, it makes them uncomfortable initially. Now, some people who have a genuine heart of wanting to do what's right, it moves them to repent of their sins and come to God through Christ. But other people, it simply bothers them and it's an annoyance, it's inconvenient, and so they shut their ears to it. 
They don't want to hear it. They don't want to have to think about it because they do not want to change their life. They try to run from God. But everybody needs to understand, each one of us needs to come to the reality, you can't run from God. It's time to stop running from God. You can't run from him. We talked about Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, how after they had sinned in eating eating the forbidden fruit through the temptation of the devil, they found themselves naked. Now, they had been naked before that, but you see, they had not experienced sin. Sin was not a part of their reality. Sinfulness was not something that they had seen or understood or were familiar with, but now they were sinners. And so they, I think we probably should understand, felt ashamed. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. And then they heard God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid themselves or tried to hide themselves from God. Tried to run from God. When God called to them, asked, where are you? Of course, he already knew. Adam said, I was naked, and so I hid myself from you. And then God simply said, who told you you were naked? You see, before they had become sinners, being naked was nothing strange to them. It was nothing that they would take any kind of temptation through. But now they thought in a different way because they had become sinners. They tried to hide themselves from God. They tried to run from God, but God knew God was there. You can't run from God. You just can't run from God. We talked about Moses and when God called him in Exodus chapter 3 to go on the mission that God had for him to lead the nation of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, Moses began to make excuses. Who am I that I should go and do this? What will I, who will I say sent me? What if they don't believe me? I can't speak well. All of these were excuses. And we understand that when finally we get down to the bottom line of his excuse making, and he finally just comes clean and says, God, please just send somebody else. Isn't that where a lot of us are when it comes to serving God? We may make excuses. We may say, you know, I don't have the talent to do that. I don't have the time to do that. I don't want to turn somebody off. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But so much of the time, doesn't it come down to, I just don't really want to do this. But Moses found out he could not run from God. God kept assuring him all along the way, every time Moses would make an excuse, posed as a reason, God gave him the answer. And then finally, God became angry with Moses. And he basically put his foot down, and Moses then succumbed and humbled himself and served God, and he became a great leader of the people of Israel. And the Hebrews writer refers to him several times with the 
phrase, by faith, Moses. He became a great leader when he finally submitted to God's will. He found out you can't run from God. Well, let's look at another one, Jonah. Jonah, when we turn to the very short book of Jonah, we read beginning with verse 1 of chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So God had a mission for Jonah. I want you to go to this great city. And Nineveh was a large city of that day and that culture. God says to, Noah, to, to Jonah, their wickedness, the wickedness of that city has come up before me. Must have been a very wicked, sinful, unrighteous culture that prevailed in that city. And so God tells, Noah, tells Jonah, I want you to go there, call them to repent. But what does Jonah do? In verse 3 of chapter 1, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> That's twice in that one verse of scripture we read that he tried to flee from the presence of the Lord. What was he trying to do? He was trying to run from God. So he books passage on the ship, they go to sea, and then God causes a great tempestuous wind to whip across the waters, and it puts the ship that he's on in terrible danger, grave danger. The shipmates are struggling to try to bring it back to land. They're fighting for their lives. And they find Jonah, and they call to him. He says, they say, please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And Jonah said, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Three times within a very short text of scripture, we read that Jonah tried to run from God, tried to flee from the presence of the Lord. Well, of course, that does not work. That's the point we're trying to make in this particular series of studies. You can't run from God, and it's time for you to stop trying to run from God. We go back to the psalmist in Psalm 139, and we read this text. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. 
You have hedged me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Oh, my. God knows everything, all-knowing. And then the psalmist goes on in verse 7 and says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, or perhaps more of a reference to the grave, behold, you are there. If I take my wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. The psalmist is repeating over and over and over again, I can't hide anything from you, God. I can't hide from you. You know my thoughts before I ever speak them, before I ever put them into words. You know my thoughts from afar off. And there's no place I can go where I can escape your presence. Now, the sinner tries to do that. The sinner tries to run from God. The sinner tries to find the cover of darkness or anonymity or privacy to try to hide from God. But just as Adam and Eve could not hide from God, just as Jonah found that he could not flee from the presence of the Lord, neither can anyone, no matter how diligently they try to hide their unrighteousness, their unfaithfulness, their wickedness from God, you just can't run from God. And so the psalmist says God is all-knowing. He is omniscient. He is all-seeing. He sees everything, everywhere, all the time. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere, all the time. Jonah found out he could not run from God. Just couldn't do it. God was there. And so Jonah told the crewmen in that ship, throw me overboard and the seas will calm down. At first, the crew, the crewmen, they did not go along with what, no, with what Jonah told them. They tried even harder to get to shore, but it just wasn't working. Because you see, God's judgment was there. And so finally, they succumbed and they threw Jonah overboard. The seas calmed down. And God had prepared a great fish. We know the story, don't we? He swallowed Jonah. And Jonah spent three days and nights in the belly of that fish. He prayed from that fish, from the belly of that fish. And ultimately, God caused the fish to spew him out of his mouth on dry land. And then God told him again, now go do what I told you to do in the first place. Go to Nineveh and cry out to that city because their wickedness is great. Call them to repentance. And this time, Jonah did not try to run from God. He had already found out. He had learned his lesson in graphic depth. You can't run from God. So he succumbed, and he did what God told him to do. He went to Nineveh, and he walked through that city and called the people to repentance. 
And even the king repented before God. Even the king became the role model to turn away from sin and turn to God. If Jonah had only learned his lesson, if he'd only realized the truth earlier, he could have saved himself a whole lot of grief. He could have saved those crewmen on that ship that he had booked passage on a whole lot of struggle and a whole lot of fear. Could have made the way easier for them if he'd have just learned, I can't run from God. I can't run from God. None of us can. A whole lot of people are trying. A whole lot of people are trying to put God out of their minds. But what we're going through right now should be a stark, a startling wake-up call. People are facing a reality that we have not faced on this scale in our lifetimes. It's time to stop running from God. And it's time to open our eyes to his word, open our ears to his truth, and open our eyes, to our, open our hearts to our heavenly Father and come to him. Turn our lives over to him and begin again. This is a wake-up call. It's time to stop running from God. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to die on that cross for us. We thank you for being patient with us and giving us time to come to our senses, to realize that we need to stop running from you. And instead, we need to turn to you and embrace you and seek your forgiveness and salvation to come to you, Father, with open hearts and live for you for the rest of our lives. Please guide us and help us to make this turn and to take these steps. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please hear our prayer. In Christ's name, amen. In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. Please jot down that information and do that. And do go to our website at churchofchrist.com and take advantage of those study materials there. We hope to hear from you right away.